Our text for meditation this first Sunday after Trinity is on our epistle reading, 1 John chapter 4, verses 13 through 21. Hear the word of our Lord. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Every now and then, you'll hear a pastor talk about learning Greek in seminary. And Greek is a complicated language, so invariably we pastors spend a lot of time in the Gospel of John and in his epistles, because St. John writes with very simple Koine Greek. It feels a little bit like a child's book. See Jesus, see Jesus run. And so we are very grateful for the Gospel of John and his epistles because we need that to help us learn. But St. John did not write his Gospel and his epistles for simple people or children. He did not write these Gospels for the sake of people learning Greek. To the contrary, I believe that he wrote with such simple language so that the profound impact of his words would shine forth more clearly. In the epistle of 1 John, we have a dynamic that I believe is similar to the book of Proverbs. You see a simple statement, and you're not supposed to just fly through the book reading it very quickly. You are supposed to chew on each verse, really thinking about it, to advance your devotion, to more clearly understand your relationship with God. Let us dwell first on the 18th verse as a prime example of this kind of meditation that I believe St. John wants us to engage in. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in 
love. Is fear a bad thing? Well, the Bible does tell us to fear God. In Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, 1 Peter 2, 17, and in other places, it's good to fear God and treat him as God. He is God, we are not. He is big, we are small. He is strong, we are weak. He is wise, we are foolish. He is all-powerful, we can do nothing. He is holy and we are sinners. The distinction between God and man and his infinite superiority over us means that we as human beings ought to fear him and say that he has every right to punish us. St. John is not contradicting other saints who tell us to fear God. The fear that he speaks about is specifically about that punishment, the terror that we feel when we have sinned against him and thus merit his eternal wrath. So, what kind of love is it then that casts this fear out? Whose love for that matter? Thankfully, the 19th verse specifies for us, saying, We love because he first loved us. So the perfect love that casts out fear is God's love, first and foremost. We fear God's punishment. We fear eternal damnation. But God comes to us and says, I love you, and for the sake of my only begotten Son who bled for you, I accept you and remove the punishment that you deserve. You need not fear damnation, you are saved. So let us be certain that the love which casts out fear is first and foremost God's love for us. Now, we are called to love God, and that love, while imperfect, will do something to prevent fear as well. A child that obeys his father has no need to fear punishment. When we do our best to obey God's commandments, and as we get better at that over time, we have less cause to fear his discipline against our sins. That doesn't mean we obey God out of fear. We obey his commandments first because he loved us, and we want to please him because he is our God. But it is the case that while his love casts out our fear, our love for him helps prevent it. More so than that, though, we are called to love our neighbor and not hate him. Verse 20, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. So we are called to love God, and we love God primarily by loving our neighbor. We are to respond to his love by showing that love to others. Agape love. 
caring for another and seeking their good for their own sake, apart from any self-interest we might have. And what is the sense of the word brother? It is twofold. A brother could be a blood relative. After all, if I hate my brother, the son of my father, and I tell my father that I see my brother is disposable, he is not a brother to me, then I have dishonored my father who loves my brother and values him. The word hate here in St. John's epistle is miseo, to love less, to detest, to value less on account of that. If I say I shall not agape love my brother, then I have sinned against my father. St. John uses the word brother more so spiritually. For all of our brothers and sisters in Christ are adopted into the same family that we are adopted to in our baptisms. Anybody who is a baptized believer in Christ Jesus is our brother or sister in the faith. And St. John tells us that if we love them less, if we are not willing to demonstrate agape love to them, we are not Christians. We are lying when we say we love God. This is important to note. It is not emotional. You do not have to like every Christian on the planet. You do not have to hold them in the highest esteem possible. But God loves them, so you too must love them. Agape is used here as a verb not an emotion. Our neighbors need our good works, and our brothers need those good works even more. Should your brother or sister in Christ be in need of food or clothing or prayer or help in any way, shape, or form, it is not for you to refuse them on account of whatever emotions you have toward them. Now, wisdom is a part of this calculus. If somebody is a danger to us, if they have greatly harmed us and we know that we cannot even be in the same room as them without exploding into violent fury, then the best way to love our brother or sister in the faith is to say, I cannot be around you. For our own good that I seek, both yours and mine, I cannot be near you. But for the vast majority of brothers or sisters in the faith, we are required to show them seeking their good for their own sake, as our Heavenly Father has sought their good for their own sake. We cannot value them less than our God does. Heaven forbid it. Because God loved us first, we are called to love him and to love our neighbors as ourselves. May we then, chewing on these few verses from St. John, move forward with the kind of rejoicing that says, I do not fear eternal punishment. I rejoice that my God has loved me enough to redeem me. And then may we turn around 
and show God's love to our neighbor, even if we don't like him very much. May we value them as our Lord values us and seek their good for their own sake. Now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.